in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bully-proofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. To receive your complimentary and personalized financial income plan, give us a call at 513-575-9654. If you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 403b, some type of employer-sponsored plan, even an NUA analysis, and here's the point. Before you do that fateful rollover to the IRA, the NUA analysis, if you're no longer with the company, then as a rule, your money should not be there either. So we can help you roll that out into a tax-neutral IRA, take control of your money, NUA. Otherwise, give us a call, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? You know, when you mentioned the uh, NUA, uh, it's a choice you can make on doing a rollover properly from the, the corporate held stock in a 401k, um, figuring out the right amount to put into an after-tax account versus remain in the tax-deferred account. There's there's kind of a mathematical science to that to get it right. You know, but if you don't do it right to the IRA, then you're going to give unnecessary money to the IRS. So some things to keep in mind, and the more money you keep on your side of the balance sheet over time, deferred, growing at some average rate of return over time, um, when you look back at the end of your days, the end of retirement, back to the retirement uh, event itself, the kind of additional capital resources and bucket of money that exist for a significant other when you leave it behind or beneficiaries and heirs, it can be significant. So getting it right, you know, you get one real good shot at retiring. Rarely do you get redos. Uh, and as you enter retirement, it's very likely something you haven't done before. Well, we see it. We see it all the time. Now, it's true. Uh, as your uh, active in advisors here and, um, and, and key team at Brown Financial Advisors, the Sound Money team, we have seen about, I would say, anywhere from 500 to 900 um, interactions with households, clients, prospects per year. So it's like we get the lift, the roof off of, you know, these homes of all these people from a financial perspective, see what works, what doesn't. And so we have a great deal of experience, even though we haven't entered retirement ourselves. We've seen over the past 15 to 20 years, gosh, uh, you know, 10, 15,000 households. And, um, you know, that doesn't mean all of those are our clients. We advise a lot of people at different levels. We're a holistic firm, as you've heard, uh, taxes, insurance, investments, financial planning, income planning. We help a lot of people at, at many different levels. So the, the magnitude of that impact and the magnitude of what we've been able to see, what people intend to do, what they're doing, what they shouldn't do, uh, what works and what doesn't work, it's, it's significant. And we ask you to consider leveraging this experience so that you make the best of your retirement decisions as you enter retirement and get it right. Get it right the first time, the, the only time, right? And today, you know, our subject isn't, isn't too far away from this conceptually. It, today, it's retirement costs that you should not underestimate. You, know, you underestimate the expense side. You'll be surprised at how much additional income you have to create from your investments 
uh, more so than you anticipated, which could, what, drive down the value of those long-term buckets of money on an accelerated basis, causing them to maybe not last as long as you do. In effect, outliving your money. You don't want to do that. So understanding the three primary ways that people may underestimate the cost of living in your retirement. Uh, let's let's kind of jump in. Have you not uh, underestimated the cost of something before? Right? You've been there. We've all been there. But let's use college tuition as an example. Because we all know how expensive college has become, it's led people to wonder, you know, is it worth it? Should they go? They see very prominent celebrity-type people that bypass the college and the educational phase of their life and jump right into what they believe is a productive uh, life, you know, a career path of some kind. Um, it's still, I would say we wouldn't recommend that. Still try to get all the ec- education on your side so you can. Um, they, they always say that that's the one thing that no one can ever take away from you. So um, we encourage that to still be true for you. Now, Well, one, one issue you might want to debate is what type of degree is the young and going for? So when you have the chitlins going off to college, getting what seems like a degree in under underwater basket weaving or something productive <laughs> like that, you know, that's maybe the point. But still, getting a productive, usually business-related degree is the point about the, the importance of a good college degree. It certainly is. Even today, probably the many decades that a business degree is a foundational uh, basis of knowledge that can be so uh, applied in many directions uh, is, is so true still today. And then layering on top of that, some special interest or direction or whatever the, whatever the analysts are saying, the best direction for college, equaling career, equaling pay, and the ability to pay off some of this uh, sticker shock tuition that you may encounter while you're trying to put or help other people go through schools, particularly certain schools. And we've, we've all seen um, children, maybe grandchildren, having a desire to go to a certain school, maybe an in-state prominent school, uh, has the big uh, college sports program. It, it has just, you know, it's, it's alma mater of the fa- other family members. Uh, or wanting to go just across the border and become an out-of-state student and get clobbered with, uh, you know, not having in-state tuition. A lot of factors here. As you approach retirement, though, it needs to become more about your story and your income and the reliability, predictability, and efficiency of that income. And to turn the corner on being that wallet and purse for the entire family tree. You know, you, you do it through accumulation phase. Uh, you're the go-to. Um, vacations, special needs, first cars, just always there. You know, private tuition to private schools in the um, all through elementary, junior high, high school, whatever your situation is, you've always been that go-to in all likelihood. But turning that corner to where you can offer Love, a place to sleep, and some food when your children kind of hit a crossroads of difficulty and stopping shy of just trying to fix all their problems financially. It's, that's one of the most critical things I think you fight the fire against, spending more than you thought you would in retirement. Now, that's not one of our real talking points in our um, information we share today, but that's just from the heart. There's one from experience for you. If you're out there experiencing that, you got to get some help got to get some help. That is a, that's a, a black hole that could really wipe your retirement ambitions off the map. And um, in terms of cost for just the college concept here, the college board reports, and this is a board that has annual statistics on college expenses through surveys, uh, it reports that moderate college budgets for an in-state public college average nearly $27,000 a year. And that's the tuition. Now imagine for some of the ancillary costs that go along with that. 
but the moderate budget at a private college is about 52000 nearly double. So even something as simple as a really good restaurant, you've probably seen and noticed the prices are shocking you as well. They've gone up several times since inflation started uh, kind of peeking its head out. And it's normal. I mean, when there's inflation, costs go up, bag size stay the same on chips, but the number of chips decrease and all these things. Um, And we've experienced that. But think about being on the other side of the coin. When something tends to be less expensive than what you anticipated, that's a great feeling, right? So we're often likely to purchase something if we find out it costs less than we thought. But think about some of the costs that factor into actually retirement. Now, unfortunately, many people underestimate the um, the cost across the board, and it can lead to not only financial stress, but I would say emotional stress too. So today we want to help you better understand and prepare for those important retirement costs so that you can be prepared to enjoy the golden years. So let's get into the thought-provoking questions that tie into today's show. So for starters, what are the costs that are most often overlooked, underestimated, or not properly accounted for? And starts with one of the biggest ones, which is our spending habits, our spending patterns. And typically when we start getting into retirement, instead of our spending patterns going down, usually in the first two to five years of retirement, they go up. Maybe not substantially yet, but still, comparatively speaking, when you're still working, they still increase. Now, they tend to level out and go down after a while, but still, that initial wave of spending is something that you need to properly account for in your income plan, in your retirement plan. That's, again, if you even have a plan. Another big one is inflation. And I know up until this, you know, the last couple years, what the Fed called inflation as far as a transitory thing, I guess transitory means it's just simply not permanent, right? But it still means that you need to factor that into your overall plan is if inflation averages around the historical norm, which is around 3% or so, and again, different measurements of inflation, depending upon which CPI measurement you're looking at, inflation could be a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. And it doesn't just simply, you know, prices going up is not completely uniform across all different sectors of the economy. So if you look at gas prices, you look at medical expenses, but that's another one categorically as far as in retirement is the cost of medical or healthcare expenses. And it could be anywhere from your insurance premiums, whether it be the Medicare premiums. Some people are subject to IRMA, which is the income-related Medicare penalty. That's if your income, according to our government, is a little bit too high or your tax filing status, you're trying to play tricks and games with the tax return. You think, aha, I'm going to file separately and I'm going to avoid some of these taxes. Then you get that nasty little surprise with the Medicare premiums maybe doubling or tripling and suddenly you're... $500 savings on taxes is dwarfed by that $6,000 expense that you just incurred with your Medicare. So little things like that, that add up to big things. And we're going to get back on track of this after the commercial break about the retirement costs that you should not underestimate. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. But stay tuned, you're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The Talk Station. 
Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors, LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are an independent RIA. That's a registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients, not companies. That's Main Street and not Wall Street. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. All right. You know, James, I just had this asked of us this past week. Um, people want to know if we still see clients routinely, if we see new prospects and just people in need looking for help, willing to be helped. Yes, on all three of those. Absolutely. We have from the beginning. We've been here from the beginning, and we still do it today. So we're not just uh, Mr. Microphones from an ivory tower that show up just to, you know, just to, to sprinkle some knowledge upon you and then retreat to our, our habitat. Um we're, we're in the trenches every day, working with you and for you, doing things for you, and enjoy doing that. And we appreciate all of you that are clients and those who listen to us each week, whether you are or not. And just want to make that point because there's so many people out there on radio, media, you know, other forms of media that seem to have a lot to say about subjects like this, but they haven't seen a client in so long. They probably can't even remember. And it's, you, you deserve more than that. So I just felt compelled to share that. Because um, you can underestimate the quality and uh, the source of your advice too, and uh, so we're we're real, you're real. Let's really get together one of these days and see what we can do. And now we're talking about retirement cost uh, that you should not underestimate. And understanding these three primary ways in particular that folks out there just underestimate their cost of living in retirement. Best time to do something about that and get that recalibrated and in sync is now. Never too late to do the right thing, never too early either. And James, you're going through some of the thought-provoking questions that are related to today's show. Yes, a big category would be the medical expenses. So in the category of long-term care, that would mean do you have a plan or does your plan account for at least the potentiality of one or both of you going into a nursing home or some type of home-based care in case you don't need the full gamut of skilled nursing facility level care, but you still need some type of assistance. So a couple of options there is having a home care approach or maybe assisted living approach uh, as far as that's concerned. But one of the questions that we get quite often is about long-term care insurance, whether that's the best option to cover the potential nursing home expenses that you might incur later in life. And depending upon what age that you're looking at as far as doing this analysis, the odds might be as high as 50% that one of you would be going into a nursing home or maybe even looking at you, honey, and me. It's like one of us is going, sorry, honey, it's you. It's not me. That's always the, usually I'd say that's almost always the case is you look across the table and say, well, it's not going to be me. So it's, it's gotta be you. But another approach perhaps that might be in some cases, a better approach is more of a hybrid approach. And what I mean by that is using an asset based 
policy or type of insurance plan that would have a rider or coverage for potential long-term care expenses. So here's how that works. You typically have either life insurance or an annuity with a built-in rider that's going to cover a, a large degree of any potential nursing home expenses. And why that approach might be superior is because if you don't go into a nursing home, then that means that your asset will still get used with its intended purpose of how you originally purchased it. So with the long-term care insurance policy, really those are kind of like the use it or lose it. Now, if you already have one, by all means, do not cancel that without a thorough examination of the benefits of your policy. But if you're looking at whether you should buy something like that versus a hybrid approach, well, that's, again, part of the planning process that we can help you with. Greg, any thoughts on that? Uh, yes. You, that's, that's a lot of information to get your mind around. If, if long-term care is a concern for you, and it should be for many because James just said it, basically it, it boils down to one and two. Uh, it's either me or you, right? And what are the costs? If you look at, in today's dollars, a skilled nursing facility is going to cost upwards of $8,000 a month. Do the math. That's 12, you know, 12 times eight is 96000 per year. And that's just for a semi-private room at a nursing facility. Yeah. And we'll want to have a plan before you get the notification that one of you is about to change addresses, right? Ahead of time. Whether it's realigning buckets of money and investments and sequence of which buckets you take liquidity from and cash flow from to redirect towards the care needs of someone, uh, keeping them at home as long as possible. Assisted living is is an option. Um, home health care, an option. Anything to keep you out of the full-blown long-term care facility. Um, but what he referenced were the types of policy exist that most people aren't aware of. And yes, we know for sure we're going to die. So if we start there with a life insurance policy, it's going to pay tax-free money to a lot of people we care about when we're gone. Well, we know that's going to happen someday. So if we have the policy, it is sure to pay. Now the expense that you have or the amount of money you pay in premium towards that, here's where he was suggesting that you can use his policy, certain policies in a new way. And that would be, let's say about Upwards of 60% on average of the death benefit can be advanced as a living benefit to pay the cost towards the cost of long-term care. And the residual 40% would still go on to be that death benefit tax-free money at the end of your journey. So instead of paying a premium that's pretty high for you know both of you having long-term care insurance and then uh, separately having a life insurance policy with its premium, on all these premiums, weighing down the burden of your expenses and, and weighing down your cash flow in retirement, you can unify some of these things. Now, brokerage firms don't deal with this. They don't even spend time on this. They're just, uh, they kind of talk through, yeah, 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 financial information, a um, little bit of a plan, and then they immediately make a hard uh, core press um, towards investing your money because they're one-trick ponies. It acts, it, there's... There's an action like there's multiple legs on that pony. But when it boils down to the real what hits the road, the rubber that hits the road, it's just your money going to some kind of investment. And then if it's an insurance agent acting like a financial advisor, they'll go through the same blah, blah, blah stuff and then boils down to how much money they can stuff right into an annuity and make a fat commission. You deserve better on all the above. And um, that's why, you know, something like long-term care that everyone's concerned about, but uh, few people do anything about nor have a plan for it if it happens. And will it happen? One in two chance after age 65. So look in the mirror or look at the person next to you, just like you said. When we're doing seminars and, and public speeches, it's kind of interesting. People be sitting at a table 
and you bring up this subject, and then you talk about the statistic of one and two, and then you have the, the couples at tables stare at, cross at each other and say it's them or, or us or one of us and one of them, and it just kind of gets people thinking for a moment. Anyway, James, I know there's many more questions. Oh, here. yeah. Health insurance. So if you're under the age of 65, typically 65 is the bridge to Medicare. And when it comes to Medicare insurance, we can help you with the approach of which, and it's a suitability issue first and foremost, when we say, is it Medicare Advantage versus is it Medicare Supplement and the prescription drug plans out there? So when you have the teeter-totter of the decision tree that says, do I want to pay with cost certainty what the insurance premium is and have virtually no out-of-pocket expenses? Or do I want to maybe pay as you go when we look at the Medicare Advantage model of of health insurance? Either way, you should have excellent health insurance coverage as long as your providers are in the network for your Advantage plan. So that's really the biggest consideration if you're looking at the Advantage plans is are all of your doctors, medical providers in the network And if you're looking at the little subtleties of an in-network versus out-of-network provider, all those different things as far as the decision trees, including the the prescription drug plans, we can help you with that, whether it's the open enrollment period coming up October the 15th or just during the other times of the year when you might be aging into Medicare or have newly found eligibility to a Medicare plan. But if you're under the age of 65, considerations include COBRA, marketplace plans, Typically for the marketplace plans, those are especially important if you might qualify for subsidies for paying for your health insurance. Now, another category that is a major risk factor would be about the market risk. So when we talk about at least whether the actuality or the perception of risk from potential downturns in the market, as we have mostly seen this year so far, but does it also provide, as far as your your approach, your plan, a way to at least potentially keep up with the rate of inflation. So going back to the risk or the perception of risk, and maybe this is the point that we'll talk about later in the show today, is that not all stocks or equities have the same degree or measurement or amount of risk. Here's what that means. You might look at domestic stocks versus international stocks. International stocks might be also emerging market type categories of stocks. Large cap versus small cap, all those different things play into the overall risk factor. Some have more, some have less as far as how your your investment plans are, are allocated. So those are just some of the factors that we're going to talk about today. We have more to get to after the commercial break. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show, our phone number, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. But again, stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. Detox Station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies, and it really does all start with the plan. That means actually having a plan, knowing what you own and why you own it. So whether you're seeking advice on old 401k, 403b, IRA rollover, investment planning, retirement planning, income planning, tax planning, social security maximization, a Roth conversion analysis, NUA analysis, and for some, perhaps even an in-service rollover, all those and more we can help, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, y'all. 
All right, we're discussing today the uh, retirement costs that you should not underestimate. James went through a lot of the questions involved, kind of tied to the subject, and you know, including not to overlook building a budget, calculating some of your expenses. We can help with that. Uh, calculating a pre-retirement, what you might think you'll need as income and cash flow in retirement, or if you're already in retirement. It's sometimes a good exercise just to budget where you are, how you're spending, where money's going. Is anything you can shave without, let's say, um, reducing your, the quality of your lifestyle is a, is a worthy exercise because it just assures further that the money that you have to live off on the rest of your forever is going to be fortified and, you know, a little more abundant. And then when Social Security, people ask, does Social Security account for inflation? Well, yes, no, kind of, sort of, maybe. You know, there are intermittent increases tied to inflation. But it seems like the greatest inflated expense that rides side saddle with that is Medicare. Um, there, there are large increases on uh, an inflation adjustment or an increase on Social Security in certain years. And then, lo and behold, oftentimes it's pegged almost exactly to the increase in Medicare premium. Or in some years it's a little in excess, but then they won't give as much the following year or the year after as an increase but all the while, each year, annually increasing Medicare nonetheless. So it's really one of those things. It feels more like you're just taking money out of one pocket, putting the other, rather than truly getting the benefit by um, an increase to go buy other stuff with, like, you know, uh, bread, eggs, and milk. Now, um, it's, it's just one of these things that we see with pre-retirees underestimating various costs um, really all the time. So don't, don't be discouraged if you do the same. It's just part of the process of fine-tuning. Now, you have, we have collectively multiple decades of working towards this retirement event. That's the accumulation phase, accumulating money so that you can one day retire. Your mindset was to grow that money. But now that you're getting closer to retirement, or maybe you're already in retirement, we believe a mindset should shift, and it needs to take place more towards the accounting for expenses, the, the fine-tuning of a budget, properly aligning your investment resources, investment buckets, with a job description and a purpose. So now you need to start thinking about insulating to your retirement portfolio, which parts for growth, which parts for emergencies, which parts for liquidity in general, what part is for uh, income to resolve the gap in income you might have between social security and your actual needs. That is going to need to be uh, backfilled with an appropriate mix. We think a balanced mix of investment solutions. So you can live a uh, hope so retirement or I know so retirement. You need a confident retirement, and we can, we can deliver that in working with you. That's something you can achieve, and you should, and you deserve it. So start thinking about some of the important costs that come along with retirement. Make sure you're properly prepared for them. Well, let's start with the assumption about spending habits. So the assumption that we see quite often is that people say that they'll spend less in retirement than while they're still working. And in some ways, that might be the case. If you look at, well, I don't have to drive to work on a day-in and day-out basis, so perceptively, I'm going to be driving less. So that might be one category that we don't spend quite as much money. Maybe don't eat out quite as much, or maybe we out eat out even more. So every single day might seem like a Saturday, which might make that spending habit seem a little bit more like we're spending more, not less. That could be a problem when you don't have that wage-based income coming in on a day-in-and-out basis. So let's do the math here. Let's just use easy math as an example here that you have a married couple makes 100000 a year combined. That means if you're going to use the rule of thumb that you're only going to need 80% of your pre-retirement income. So that 100000 means you only need 80000 coming in to make ends meet. 
Well, that's all fine and well if your spending habits have also decreased by 20%. So if your income decreases by 20%, your spending decreases by 20%, and you were already making ends meet as it was, then everything so far so good, right? Now, that also means, however, that most people, that's not how it works out. During your working years, you might have gotten into a certain habit or a certain routine where you go to work, come home, eat dinner, do a few other things, go to bed, rinse, repeat. Next day is the same as the previous day. But once again, in retirement, it might be where now you have time for the different hobbies. Some are more expensive than others. Maybe it's traveling. Maybe it's playing golf. Maybe it's going off and seeing the Wild West that you didn't get to see while you're still working or going internationally and seeing the sites that you didn't get to see. So again, where you travel, how you travel could sometimes be a little bit expensive, could be a lot expensive. And that's the point is, are you properly planning for that as part of your overall retirement plan, your income plan, Greg? The thought that um, everyone's attempting to chase the mean, whatever, uh, I guess, whatever you anticipate retirement to be about, read about, think about, uh, be careful because I would say you're not average. Most people are not average. That's why you need a plan for you. On average, no one is average. Exactly. So it's good to get an average uh, amount of information from any source you can. But then when you pivot to try to apply it to you, remember, it's not necessarily for you. You're not average. So come in so that we can help you with a customized plan. We'll take into account all the current investments and and, buckets of money you might have, annuities, life policies, cash valuing them or not, long-term care, yes or no, your actual needs. And then we'll align your money between green and yellow. You're, You're mostly invested out there in red money. It's I hope so money. We want to get that to more cautionary and make it more like probably so money. It's still market risk, maybe to some degree um, aligned with your risk. And then move a good amount over to green money, too. That's I know so money. That's the safer sources of money. Uh, things that are fully insured, guaranteed, can guarantee you lifetime income. Of course, all based on the claims paying ability of an insurance company. But which part of your money are you willing to lose? Whatever part you're not, let's make sure we put it in a place where you can't. And the, the amount that you're willing to risk, according to the right risk, and aligned with the plan, and making sure we address cash flow needs, retirement's mostly about cash flow, and get your your cash flow plan, your income plan in motion. And there are a lot of really neat boutique-like investments that we can offer that Wall Street doesn't. That's where you go to the land of cookie cutter. Here you're going to get a custom approach with boutique solutions not generally available to the public, and oftentimes not available uh, with the the exclusion, I guess the exception of the high net worth folks. We can bring a lot of really cool high net worth, typically, strategies down to, say, the $25,000 minimum level of investing. And if you're out there and discouraged, well, $25,000, I don't have that. Well, if you're just getting started, well, let us help you along. Let us be your tour guide to the horizon of your future personal success. That can start with $1,000. And if you're an investor, not a one-off, we will help you with your plan over time. Get on a path of contribution not just stuck in a company plan, but your individual plan. You should start and parallel your plan with the company plan, like the 401k, side by side, like two tracks or rails that make up a track, and uh, just get it rolling. Um, most likely, huh, most likely, folks out there might be involved in what you might call the honey-do list. Um, going shopping, spending time, doing things, um, repairs, 
updating the roof, updating um, HVAC or heat and air, making sure the basement isn't as leaky this year as it was last year. All those types of things. If you're doing while you're still working and battening down a hatch, that's a good thing. If you find that you're done with all those things and you get a lot of good years out of your home and where you live without uh, large additional expenses, that's a good step to have behind you as you turn in your um, turn towards your actual retirement. Because expenses otherwise, they can just add up so quickly and start digging into your retirement bucket, causing you a great deal of stress because you're already going through a transition of being constructively uh, working for you know so many years and about to spend as many years as you did in your working time in your retirement time frame, retirement phase. But you have to take all the money you collected, saved, and then turn it into something that somehow is just going to last as long as you do. When most of us, I'd say really all of us, don't even know how long that is. You need help in this area. We'll ask folks sometimes, do, do any of you still go to a pediatrician? Well, you don't, and there's a reason for that. So you, you need to walk away from Wall Street, which has been your accumulation phase partner, the pediatrician, and upgrade your retirement, your investment structure, to what you really need in this phase, this distribution phase. We are those experts. Investments, financial planning, estate planning, tax preparation, tax advisory, um, insurance advice on all these things that can uh, be the, the mortar between the bricks. There's just a lot we can do for you, and we'll hope you'll take advantage of that. We'll fully assess where you are, give you a comprehensive plan, and help you in all of these areas with a full set of recommendations. Complimentary, no obligation. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. Now, after the break, we're going to get, share some surprisingly good news about inflation and how this is going to affect maybe next year's Social Security and Medicare rates. So stay tuned for that. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show, Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are an independent registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients and not companies. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, as we continue with retirement costs that you should not underestimate, James, What's another thing people underestimate? It's got to be inflation. And maybe it's when we look at the historical numbers versus the recent numbers of inflation or what the government calls inflation. Here's how that looks. Historically, what we've been looking at is around a 3% and, again, historical average of inflation. It was actually under 3% up until this year. Now it's right around 3% over the long term. This year, however, what we're seeing is inflation is trending towards 9%. And that carries maybe some good news and bad news all at the same time. So your bread, eggs, and milk cost about, oh, I don't know, 9% more, maybe even more like 20% more, it seems like. But when it comes to Social Security and Medicare, this is where there's some surprisingly good news. So for the recipients of Social Security, there's what's known as the COLA, the cost of living adjustment. And with inflation trending around 9%, on the what's called the CPIU index, that means that the Social Security recipients will also see a 9% increase via their cost of living adjustment. 
Now, here's the other part that's kind of, I'd say, surprisingly good news, is that Medicare premiums are actually set to decrease next year. So those Medicare Part B premiums, what's known as the standard Medicare Part B premium, is supposed to go from $170 a month down to $164 a month. So percentage-wise, that's about a 3% decrease is what we're looking at for the Medicare Part B. Now, again, put a little asterisk next to that, or maybe a big asterisk next to that, is the people who are subject to IRMA, you're still going to wind up paying more, sometimes a whole lot more, for really the same type of insurance coverage, which is the standard, what looks like the standard Part B coverage. However, just because your income reaches a certain threshold, or maybe your tax filing status is a little bit different, and you know we can help you with all this as far as analyzing whether you're being penny-wise and pound-foolish, or if you're actually saving money via how your tax filing status goes. But that's the surprisingly good news, is that Medicare premiums, for the first time in a long time, are scheduled to decrease next year. Yeah, I was just thinking that's a 12% more to be made up of government expenditures in Social Security and Medicare by tax collection and um, for those who pay taxes. So, and then watch out, that uh, $31 trillion deficit may just continue to go up. So, on the, good, on news. the good news for that one, if you, if you listen to our administration tout the, the so-called good news about the deficit spending, is that they're actually decreasing the rate of the increase. Yeah. But, but nevertheless, there's still a deficit. There's still the debt that's continuing to increase. But they are, however, working on decreasing the rate of the increase. If that's good news, then that's good news. Mm-hmm. And so much Washington works on legislation-approved expenditures called budgets. If they don't find a way to spend money that they may not need to be spending, then they lose the appropriation, so they spend it anyway. It's just, that's not today's subject, but it's always out there on the burner, the back burner, and it burns. And while um, the deficits increase, um, they do some funky math that says inflation actually makes the real economic impact of the deficit of $31 trillion to be more like uh, 26 I don't, my math, my calculator doesn't do that, James. I just don't get it. But um, something else, just to put in perspective, if the average inflation rate year over year is 3%, there's a, a Social Security estimate that says through LIMRA, the Secure Retirement Institute, that $117,000 of your Social Security over a 20-year period will just go to the, being consumed by inflation. So it is important that Social Security has a COLA-based um, trajectory of increases year over year, even if it does, does go to Medicare. That's a real expense in retirement that you have to solve for. So it's going somewhere to kind of equalize. So, you know, it's good. I just wish there was um, more of a budgetary approach of Congress to make these increases um, functional rather than so dysfunctional like everything else. Um, underestimating health care and long-term care, we kind of talked about that. And the uh, there a lot of research and data out there that says that the healthcare expenditures account for almost 20% of the economy. And um, that's a lot. So a lot of your expenses, you know, we've had numbers in the past in recent shows where if you're 65 or better, uh, you might between now and the rest of your life need about $265,000 in co-pays, deductibles, whatever attributable to out-of-pocket healthcare expenses. And some will think if they're healthier, James, we hear this often, I'm healthier, I think my expenses in healthcare would be less. Well, contrarily, statistically, and actuarially, the longer you live, even if you have lesser healthcare expenses year over year, you add more years, 
you're back into about the same number of someone you might say that's less healthy. That just simply means when you're doing your retirement plan, if you think about the overall average lifespan of people who've made it to age 65, on average, you're going to live another 20 years. So the average life expectancy goes from 78 and 84, you know, men versus women to more like 83 to 85 or even 84 to 86. So depending upon if you've already made it this far across that proverbial lake and you keep swimming, now your average life expectancy is looking at 85 with a pretty high probability of making it into your 90s. And that takes a lot of planning and budgeting for is to maybe a being able to fund your retirement. Yeah, so true. If you have a concept of funding anything, it needs to be realistic too. Uh, how many times you arrived at a budget and a wish list and things you want to do, and then you find you don't have the resources? Well, some people don't stop there. They still pursue the things they know they can't afford, and, and that's just that's a trap. If you did that during your uh, earlier years in life and you figured out there's a cost to that, you got too deep into credit cards, debt, got behind with the IRS, and you've turned the corner of about a decade that followed and got it all smoothed out, take that lesson in life and build upon it. Uh, don't don't fall through the trap door of more expenses and cash flow. And there are some key takeaways in all this. Uh, first thing you want to do, James, and getting organized. Getting organized. That's you know part of actually having a plan in the first place. But preparing expenses for retirement. Uh, how about this? Are you thinking about the life that you want to live in retirement based on what you can afford, or what you know? This is the what you have for discretionary spending versus your necessary spending. You want to know, I'd say the details of what your spending patterns are and understand how they may change a little bit depending upon the season or the reason. So whether that's spending that goes up and down, depending upon whether it's summer versus winter, how about vacations, holidays, Christmas spending. I know many people who blow out their budgets at Christmas time and it's like, for what, for why? And, you know, I, I know it feels good, but, man, did you spend within your means or did you go way beyond your means? Yeah, they'll spend a quarter to half the following year making up for the expense they shot overshot in the year prior in such a holiday. I think it, it really helps if you break it down into the categories of what's essential versus discretionary. So that's your, your needs versus your wants. Greg? Yeah. What do you need versus what do you want? And, of course, you need what you need. So that's primary. Uh, the budget has to go to that, make for sure you solve for that. So worst case scenario, you have the basics covered. Um, discretionary, and it just is what it is, is the things you don't necessarily need but you enjoy doing. Well, don't don't starve your retirement um, by not doing some of the things you like to do. It's just a matter of how much, what scale, what can you afford. Uh, another takeaway is stick to your income plan. Once you establish all this, just stick to it. You need to be disciplined in this financial phase because whether you have a lot or less, you're on a fixed income. Some people have more of a fixed income uh, to solve for these issues than others, but you need to stick to it. It's scalable. It's a scalable truth. So once you become organized and figure out your essential and discretionary expenses, uh, then you just want to refer to your income plan in retirement. Do you have a plan? You know, failing to plan is a plan to fail. So let's get together and get a plan. We'll get you the complete retirement picture, retirement plan, comprehensive plan, then break down the money where it goes, assign it a purpose, we will then project and share all the recommendations that we'd have. We won't hold anything back. And you decide if you see a good fit to work together. Now, it's just, if you're fortunate to have a pension, then add any form of Social Security on that. 
for most households that have that going on, they have a, a more narrow gap between what they need versus what they're getting. It makes it a little easier. But so many people don't have that. So how can we replicate that? We can create for you a self-funded pension, fully insured, guaranteed income. There are solutions. And then the rest of your money can be properly deployed in market investments because you won't have a dependency on it for income. So you can, you can look at different ways to risk that for reward. And also maybe eliminate or try to eliminate different biases. So when we talk about Social Security, talk about pension, all those are forms of annuities. So an annuity is an annuity, whether it's run by the government or the corporation, such as a pension. And we can help you to maximize those different types of benefits. And as far as the taxes, when you say, well, which accounts is the tax impact of taking from qualified versus non-qualified accounts? Social Security, are there spousal benefit options? Are there family benefit options? All those and more. There's so much we can help with. Our phone number. I was just going to say, keep it simple. Don't make it complicated or you won't be able to do it or stick to it. Good point. Good way to finish this up. Again, our phone number, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. Now, on behalf of Greg, myself, James, we want to thank you for listening today. Have a great week. And remember this, sound money, where good things are believable, achievable, and true for you.